Welcome back to the Sporting Around the World podcast, episode number seven, The Bahamas. My name is Bobby, and joining me as always is David. So we're actually going to kick this episode off with an update from previous episodes. So the European League of Football, they had their championship game recently, and the Vienna Vikings took down the Hamburg Sea Devils 27-15 to to win their first ever championship in their first season in the league. I know, David, we, we covered Austria, we covered American football around the world. I think we had a bit of a, a bias towards Vienna, so I'm glad that they won. Yeah, true. It's good to... Good to know you You backed the right horse. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the MVP of the game was a Finnish wide receiver named Kimi Lenainma. Hopefully pronounced that right. Not only did he have a receiving touchdown, but he had a passing touchdown Ooh. Um, on a little trick play. Little, little, little Philly special um, or something similar, I, I imagine. Yeah. So quarterback took the snap, threw it out to the right. Mm-hmm. Oh, OK, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then standard like. Him. Not flea flicker because that's the running back, but you know you pitch it out wide uh, behind, you know, so it's a, a backwards throw, mm-hmm. and then he throws it. Can do it all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> David, are there any updates from last episode, League of Legends? I know the play-ins, I think, are finishing up now. Yeah, they're finishing up. So DRX advanced. That's the fourth seed from Korea. Um, Fnatic also advanced, which was the third seed from Europe. EG just won their play-in uh today so there's the bracketing uh, determining the last couple slots they're happening actually right now as we're recording so eg won earlier today and uh most likely rng will win uh if mm-hmm. if they don't it'll be a huge upset so basically the four teams that advance from the play-ins are going to be from your four biggest regions yep. so no one none of the small guys made none it. Of, none of the small guys there are smaller regions in uh in group stage already but none of mm-hmm. none of the little bitty None of the second seeds are the the first seeds, unfortunately, but they, they put up a good fight. It was it was an yeah. exciting playing stage. Well, that's good to hear. I guess we'll just move into the Bahamas talk now. So before we get into the sports of the Bahamas, we always like to start with just some basic stuff about the country. So where is the Bahamas? I mean, us in the U.S., of course, we're going to know this. I think most people know the Bahamas. It is in the Atlantic Ocean, technically not in the Caribbean. The Bahamas is an archipelago. There's a ton of islands. David, I'd ask you to guess how many islands, but there's like 3,000 or more. How big are like the tiny ones, right? They can't be that big. My guess, there's like 15 to 20 main islands, and I think it gets up to like 30 that might be inhabited. Mm. But some of these islands are probably, if the tide comes in, they don't exist for a couple hours a day. Oh, yeah, true. (laughs) Um, But the archipelago itself is called the Lucayan Archipelago, and really it's just the Bahamas as well as the Turks and Caicos Islands that make up the archipelago. Uh, David, I will ask you this. Can you guess the population of the Bahamas? I I feel like we're definitely sub a million. Yes, we are. Oh, we definitely are? Okay, cool. I'm thinking thinking 300. I don't think it's half a million either. Okay. I mean, you are pretty close. I believe 400 thousand is the current estimate maybe a little over uh but the thing is most of those people are living in the capital city of nassau david i have the the map pulled up of well it's not really the map of the bahamas it's only got the big islands on there but you see the the red one in the middle there is nassau Mm. Uh, the island is called new providence but nassau takes up the entire island so it's really just uh, a city that takes up the whole island got about two hundred seventy thousand people so 
percentage wise, it's what two thirds or more. Yeah, a significant amount. It seems like every country we've covered so far, it's the case. Like the capital city has well over half the population. Yeah, I feel like with smaller and developing countries, that tends to be the case just in general. But I think also, you know, work opportunities, you know, people people go where the money is, you know? Yeah, so aside from Nassau, the only real center of population is Freeport. It's the second largest city and located on Grand Bahama Island. Uh, so they got like 50,000 people there. It's a relatively new city. I think it's only been around since the 50s. But aside from those two, every island is going to have like 10,000 people or less. So... The size of like a town, a really small town. I mean, I don't know, maybe not really small town, but I mean, I'm trying to think of small towns where we're from. That's probably a fair comparison. And that's for a whole, you know, potentially a whole island. Yeah, I always think of when we went to school, UNC Wilmington had a higher student body than a lot of these islands. Yeah, yeah. So put puts it in perspective. Climate wise, it's the Bahamas. It's hot. <laughs> hot wet summers they've got sand we've covered a lot of places that have sand but this one has sand and water because it's surrounded you know the three thousand plus islands so hot and wet summers it's still going to be warm in the winter but with the low elevation everything's sea level basically uh you get a lot of tropical storms hurricanes tend to damage the bahamas a lot unfortunately they damage a lot of the caribbean islands but the U.S. with their proximity to the Bahamas, we hear about the the hurricanes a lot that hit there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the last thing before we get into the sports is to know a little bit about the history of the Bahamas. Because typically, the history of a place and who was ruling over it will impact the sports that they play today. And that's the case with the Bahamas. But if we go way back in time, uh, the Lucayan people were the, the natives of the islands. And Columbus, Christopher Columbus... Where did he first land in the New World? It was one of the Bahamas Islands. It's disputed which one, but present-day San Salvador Island is, I think, the one that they say he landed on. But you you know the whole thing with Columbus. Disease, slavery, kind of wiped out the whole population on the Bahamas. Not a lot of people lived there for a century or two. Then the British came in in the 1700s, And a lot of freed slaves would end up inhabiting the islands. And we see this today. Over 90% of the population of the Bahamas are black or Afro-Bahamian. So many of them are the descendants of freed slaves, be that British or American. And so yeah, British rule for a long time until July 10th, 1973, they granted full independence. After that point, There's going to be more American influence instead of British, just due to the proximity thing. So yeah, that's the Bahamas in a nutshell. End the episode. Yeah, cut it. We're done. No sports. (laughs) Well, one last thing. They speak English. Duh. Uh, But they also have like a Bahamian Creole. I think a lot of Caribbean nations are going to have some sort of Creole-esque derived from their the, the language of whoever governed over them for a while. But sports, David... They play a lot in the Bahamas, lots and lots of sports and a lot that we're familiar with because, once again, proximity to the U.S. So this is easy for us. Uh, do you want to guess their national sport? I feel like a safe bet is football. Oh, like uh, association yeah, football? Yeah, yeah, association football. But I feel like you don't ask that unless it's a trap. 
but that's my guess. That's my guess. Okay. So fans of association football or soccer, not really big in the Bahamas, believe it or not. So the national sport is cricket. Oh, wow. Yeah. But here's the funny thing is they don't really play it that much anymore. So uh, it is the national sport today. It was really popular for a long time. I guess dating back to like the 1800s when cricket was first you know, formalized into rules. And I think it just gradually declined over time. And then by the time that they were independent in the 70s, you know, it just kind of phased out. More American influence came in. And, uh, you know, American sports like American football, basketball, though that probably had a presence before then, and baseball. So you're telling me they traded their flat bets for barreled bets. Yes, that is essentially correct. Um, We'll touch on baseball in just a sec. But I wanted to mention with cricket, I know that we don't really follow it too closely, but I think you're aware that there's West Indies cricket, like a lot of the islands compete together as one for tournaments. Uh, Bahamas is not part of that. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know what the, the story is behind why Bahamas is not part of West Indies cricket, because like West Indies, they are a uh, test cricket nation. They're top 10 in the world. Individually, they'd all be, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Not nearly as good. I think we'll leave it at that. It seems like you would want to, too, with with cricket kind of dying in your country. You know, it just seems like strategically that would be a very good choice. But I'm sure if there's someone who knows, you know, if there's a, you know, someone from the Bahamas who knows the story or anyone, I guess, uh, you know, you don't have to be from there. um, We'd love to hear about it. Yeah. Instead of cricket nowadays, baseball seems to be the more popular of the two bat and ball sports. Like we said, it kind of grew in popularity once cricket started to decline. And in the 1950s and 60s, there was like a wave of Bahamian baseball players coming to the U.S. Typically were former cricket players and learned the sport and started uh, their careers in the U.S. Not many made it to the majors, but, you know, it it started uh, the trend, I guess you could say. Baseball kind of took over in popularity there. So the the biggest name from that time was Andre Rogers. So he was the starting shortstop for the Cubs in the early 60s. Played for a few other teams. Wasn't like a super standout player or anything. But, you know, being a starting shortstop in the major leagues, that's a pretty difficult thing to do. You know, you're essentially the shining star for your country in that sport. And actually right now in Nassau, they're building a baseball stadium and the stadium will be named after Andre Rogers. So pretty cool. Oh, that's there. pretty sweet. Yeah, that's sweet. Uh, today, as far as Bahamian baseball players go, there are only two that are in the majors, but one of them is quite notable, Jazz Chisholm Jr. He was the starting second baseman for the National League All-Star team in 2022. He didn't get to play in the game. He had a back injury, and he's actually missed the rest of the 2022 season, which is a shame. He's pretty young. He'll be 25 in the 2023 season plays like he's fast. He's got pretty good power for his size, uh, especially at second base, which isn't traditionally a a power hitting spot, but he's really known for style personality. Uh, David, we've got a picture pulled up of him there. Blue hair, gold chains. Yeah, I'm digging it. I'm digging it. Uh, Before we move on from jazz Chisholm, I just want to say, David, I went through so many rabbit holes with baseball doing just researching him. And then I went down a rabbit hole with Andre Rogers because he played on the Cubs who, you know, the lovable losers, they were so bad in the fifties and sixties. <laughs> um, late sixties, they got better. 
But I was looking at their team and like, you had Ernie Banks, Ron Santo, and Billy Williams, three Hall of Famers on one team, and you're still you're still having a losing record. And I bring this up because in the news recently, Shohei Otani signed a, a massive one-year, $30 million contract. And I'm like, oh, the Angels. <laughs> That's a pretty good comparison. Yeah, true, true. You have arguably the best baseball player on your team in terms of, well, you know, just Mike Trout, you know, and then mm-hmm. potentially, you know, I get, what do they call generational player? You know, like you're never going to see another Shohei, you know, probably in your lifetime, that kind of player. You have two two of the most talented players in the league. And as of right now, you have the longest postseason drought in baseball because the Phillies and Mariners made it for this year. Hey, how does it feel to be out of that, Bobby, as, as a Phillies fan? Oh, it, it feels surprising because we were below 500 in May, I think. And we've just returned a corner. We're in the playoffs. Hopefully going to play the Cardinals because I don't want to play the Mets first round. <laughs> uh, by the time this comes out, the playoff seeds will be determined. So I'm going to say we're going to play the Cardinals. If that doesn't happen, you know, I, I guess didn't predict the future well enough. And uh, if you play the Cardinals, then um, Albert Pujols is just going to be hidden home runs off you guys. A freaking 42 year old is going <laughs> to <laughs> it's going to go out with a bang and just win the whole thing. Calling mm-hmm. it now. Hot take. Probably not. <laughs> um. Another rabbit hole, though, that I went down was the other Bahamian baseball player in MLB is Lucius Fox, which is the same name, you know, from The Dark Knight. So then I ended up just watching The Dark Knight. But he made his debut this year with the Nationals. And um, I don't think he really played that much. He's he's still young, though. I think he's 25. But the cool thing is that him and another Bahamian baseball player named Todd Isaacs Jr., they host this event in the Bahamas called the Don't Blink Home Run Derby. It's basically just a home run derby on the beach. I don't know what specific beach, but it's on a beach in the Bahamas and they just hit home run balls out into the ocean. Uh, I've, I've got the picture pulled up of what it looks like. They essentially got like a raised platform so you can pitch and hit on solid ground, but they just hit dingers into the ocean. Yeah, it's going to be pretty, pretty fun event. I wonder if there are people out there grabbing the balls. I can't, I can't really tell from the picture, but I imagine there's people on boats or you know i'd imagine they have some sort of method to to keep the balls not going out like not polluting the ocean true that yes that would be a good reason i was thinking more like you know novelty maybe both yeah i think they live stream this on youtube or they at least have video footage of it up on youtube they get a lot of uh major league and minor league players typically younger players come and participate so cool event go watch it yeah, I'm assuming it happens in the off season, so soon ish. Yeah. I know if I was a player, I would definitely like take a trip to the Bahamas anytime. You know, mm-hmm. if I, if I had the opportunity, it'd be an easy choice. Yeah, I mean, beautiful country, be- the the beautiful game. Well, okay, I know soccer is kind of called the beautiful game, a beautiful sport, America's pastime. So moving on from baseball, uh, we mentioned earlier association football isn't super popular. Actually, American football might be more popular. The Miami Dolphins, I guess due to proximity, they are the most popular team in the Bahamas. And they've actually had four different players play in the NFL. Uh, The most recent and current player is Michael Strawn. He was a seventh round pick of the Colts in 2021. And he has been playing this season. Didn't play too much last year, but he's played in every game so far this season. Yeah, seventh round pick. 
probably not huge expectations, but he's on the roster. He's actually playing. Yeah, they have some faith in him. So, you know, he has to be, you know, at least in their minds, a, a decent player. And he's a wide receiver. I don't know if I said that yet. So he's he's getting snaps. I mean, how many do you keep on a team like six? Uh, Yeah, yeah, I, uh, maybe like up to eight, you know, eight or nine, because, you know, you've three wide receivers. I would say I would say six with like six being like the most active. You know, if you're going into seven and eight years, something bad happened. Right. Okay. <laughs> Basically, what we're saying is that he is not a uh, practice squad member. He is on the team and he does play some snaps. Aside from professional football, collegiate level football, the NCAA, which is college sports in the United States, they have a college football bowl game in the Bahamas called the Bahamas Bowl. I think it's been taking place every year since 2014, maybe. Um, It's relatively new. They play at Thomas Robinson Stadium, which I believe is just the national stadium. Uh, It's not like a huge bowl game. The 2021 matchup was between Middle Tennessee and Toledo. For those who don't follow college football, that is a not too noteworthy matchup. <laughs> yeah, that's one way to put it. I would say it's probably well. So I guess we can take a brief, a brief little paw, a bit. Little, let's pull over to the side. It's not necessarily impressive for a college team to make a bowl game because the standard is you have to have a over 500 record. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a lot of teams that qualify. I would say Middle Tennessee is probably a tier three kind of school. Toledo probably in the same bucket. You know, you're not tier one would probably be, you know, your your dogs, your contenders, you know, and then you have the other division one teams, I would say, in like a second tier. And then you have the teams that, you know, like Marshall, for example. I don't know if you've if yeah, familiar. I would put them on that same level or, you know, Rice. I don't know. Teams that like you've definitely heard of, but like aren't power players, you know, aren't people you expect to upset or, you know, be ever be ranked. Mm-hmm. I mean, Middle Tennessee, I, th- I believe they're in Conference USA, which is the same as Rice. Yeah, they, they are in Conference USA. And I mentioned Marshall. They are also yep. in it. So Rice, Marshall okay. and Middle Tennessee. So it's that tier. They're not bottom of the barrel by any means. No, not at all. They're they're they're, they're uh, in the middle. They're Middle Tennessee. <laughs> okay. Yes, it's in the name. So we will talk about association football or soccer just a little bit because we talk about it in every episode. It's just not that big in the Bahamas. They have not qualified for a World Cup, though. I mean, that's true for a lot of nations. They also have not qualified for the CONCACAF Gold Cup, which is North America, Central America, Caribbean. It's the Continental Cup. Uh, But they haven't really attempted qualifying throughout most of their history. I think their first time was 2002 that they even tried. Here's a little fun fact, though. The CONCACAF Nations League. David, do you know what the Nations League is? No. No. I don't. I, I was going to try to think of something, but I figured, you know, let's just let's just be honest. I'm not yeah. too familiar with that. I would assume it is a minor league. It's OK. So on the international football calendar, you'll have a couple tournaments every other year. You know, World Cups every four years. You got continental tournaments every four years or sometimes every two years. But in the space in between, it's usually just aside from qualifiers, you'll have a bunch of friendlies. And what Europe did and what North America did I don't know if anyone else did this. They now have the Nations League. So in place of friendlies, they'll have these tiers. So I'll put it for North America. There's three tiers. You got A, B, and C. So all of your big teams are going to play in Nations League Division A. 
And instead of playing friendlies, they just play games against each other. And eventually they'll determine a champion. So USA actually won most recently. Um, Division B, that's going to be your mid, I guess, kind of smallish. And then the bottom of the barrel is going to be Division C. That's what the Bahamas was in. But they actually got promoted out of Division C into Division B in uh, 2020. But again, the Nations League, to put it this way, it's glorified friendlies. You compete for a trophy. I don't think a lot of fans have really taken it too seriously. (laughs) (laughs) I think a lot of international managers are just like, we want to experiment with our squad. If we win, cool. If not, I mean, it's whatever. But if you look at it this way, though, the Bahamas is they were able to beat teams on a similar caliber to theirs and then move up. So now I believe they're still alive in the B tier. They're not going to get relegated. So cool. You know, it's positives. You're making some progress. So while typical soccer played on a a grass pitch isn't the most popular, beach soccer, though, kind of popular. Beach soccer is like a a legitimate sport. It is uh, FIFA sanctions events. They have the Beach Soccer World Cup. But in 2017, the Bahamas actually hosted the Beach Soccer World Cup. It's their only appearance at the tournament. They did win a game, so awesome. On the continental level, they're regulars, but they've never reached the semifinals of the tournament. So, I mean, in that terp- in that type of soccer, they are more successful. And I guess given the, the beaches and that you have smaller teams, it makes sense. All right, so we'll move on to another sport here. Another American sport, and it is probably the most popular ball sport in the Bahamas, basketball. So like with American football in NCAA college basketball, they have a tournament in the Bahamas, and this one's pretty well known. The Battle for Atlantis kind of become the biggest preseason tournament. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely the biggest preseason tournament. In fact, I bet they've probably announced the teams for this year. They actually have. I, I did look up before uh before we started recording nc state is in it this year wow that's crazy and you know who they play in the first round oh god is it someone really good they play kansas reigning national champions yep yep (laughs) that'll do it yeah so that happens at the end of november so coming up pretty soon and now they have a women's tournament too i think last year was the first time they they did a women's tournament They'll have it again this year and pretty big teams, uh, Louisville and Tennessee, two of the most notable women's programs in the country. They'll be taking part. Are you telling me they are including or they invited the men's NC State team who were comically bad last year, but aren't inviting the women's NC State team who were pretty good last year? Is that what you're telling me? Uh, that That is what I'm telling you. <laughs> Interesting choice. So so moving on from from that. Let's talk about some of the players, because the Bahamas has had two first overall picks in the NBA draft. One of them was Michael Thompson back in 1978, first overall pick to Portland. While he was a notable player, you know, two-time NBA champ with the Lakers, the, the Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Lakers of the 80s. He's pretty well known today because of his son, who is also an NBA star. Do you know who it is, David? Nope. Well, last name Thompson. Uh plays on golden state clay thompson clay yes thompson clay thompson <laughs> yes well i mean he has multiple sons uh trace thompson is playing for the los angeles dodgers right oh now. wow yeah it runs in the family the other first overall pick from the bahamas is still active actually 
2018 first overall to Phoenix, DeAndre Ayton. So I should have mentioned Michael Thompson. He was a power forward center type of player. Ayton is also a center. He's seven feet tall. He had a really crazy offseason this year. Uh, I don't really follow the NBA that closely, but he was a restricted free agent. And what happened was the Indiana Pacers offered him a four-year, $133 million contract. And when that happens, uh, his current team, Phoenix, they were able to match that offer, so he stayed with the Suns. And I believe it was the largest offer sheet ever given to a restricted free agent. So uh, yeah, four years, $133 million, that's like $33 million a year, and he's 24 years old. He's doing okay. He's doing okay. What, what are we what doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? I mean, I think part of it is the fact that he's seven feet tall. But you know, let's get the rack out, Bobby. We can stretch ourselves, and you know, <laughs> we, we can be seven feet tall too with just a little bit of torture. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so before DeAndre Ayton was in the league, Buddy Heel. I don't know if you remember. He was, uh, I believe, College Basketball Player of the Year. It was in 2016. He won the Wooden Award. And he went six overall to the Pelicans that year. Currently with the Indiana Pacers, he's had a pretty good career. Uh, before we move on from basketball, though, I want to mention a WNBA player, John Quell Jones. So she was born in the Bahamas. 2017 in the WNBA, she was most improved player. 2018, sixth woman of the year. 2021, MVP. And by a lot of people's standards, might be the best women's player in, in the world. Because six foot six, she's one of the taller players in the league, but skill set wise is able to do a lot of different things, like can shoot three pointers somewhat well. You know, the, the player that can hurt you from anywhere. But the, the funny thing about Jones, David, what country do you think she represents on the international level? Because it's oh, not God. the Bahamas and oh, it's God. not the United States. Oh, God. Uh... I'll, I'll, I'll narrow it down for you. It is a European nation. Oh, God. I, I, <laughs> uh, I have no idea. There, it's, it's probably what I'm not even thinking of. It is not one you're thinking of. It is Bosnia and Herzegovina. I, I'm assuming <laughs> she has like a parent that's from there. No. So, okay. So I looked into this for a little bit because I, like you, I was really confused. Like, why is this a thing? So... For European leagues, because, you know, a lot of WNBA NBA players will play in Europe during the WNBA's offseason so they can play year round. And honestly, the pay is pretty good in Europe compared to the US. In order to prevent being like a foreign player, she was able to get Bosnian, uh, I guess, citizenship. Mm. So now she doesn't count as a foreign player. But also because the Bahamas their national teams doesn't really have the best infrastructure. They're not going to be the most competitive. She switched to Bosnia and now is part of their national team can compete at a higher level. Since she's joined, they had their best ever finish at, uh, at the, the euros in 2021. And that allowed them to qualify for the world championships for the first time in 2022. They didn't do too well, but, and that's just the impact that one player had. And with the Bahamas, she's never going to have a chance to compete at the the World Cup level. Yeah, that's crazy. That it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy what what having a star can do for basketball. Yeah, and Bosnia and Herzegovina of all places, um, not exactly a basketball powerhouse yet. Yet, 
All right, so we've touched on all of the conventional sports, so to speak. We're going to end with some of the aquatic sports and the Olympics. And when I say aquatic sports, really I'm just talking about sailing, which is an Olympic event. But before we talk about the sailing at the Olympics, the National Family Island Regatta. Mention this just as a really cool event that they have in the Bahamas on Exuma Island. It's like a multi-day event, got festivals and stuff. Uh, it's been around since the 50s. It started off as like a way for Bahamian people to preserve the boat building culture because, you know, you're an island nation, you're going to build boats a lot. But now they do a annual race. It's just one of, they, there's a few different regattas they have in the country. I think this one's just the biggest. But sailing at the Olympics. So Bahamas first appearance at the Olympics was 1952. They've been there every summer, except for 1980, because the Moscow protest. They have not participated in the Winter Olympics as of yet, but their their first gold medal at the Olympics came in 1964, and it was in sailing. Derward Knowles and Cecil Cook, they got the gold in the star class. I don't know much about sailing, but this little picture here helped me out. The star class is the medium-sized boat that they have yeah i wonder um the the main difference is i assume it's number of people sailing and stuff like that yeah there are different numbers for each i believe the smallest one is only a one person Um, aside from sailing the thing that the bahamas is probably most known for on a global level is their sprinting and specifically relays and 400 meter distance So as a nation, the Bahamas has won 16 total medals, which is actually a lot when you think back about the size of the Bahamas, like 400,000 people. It's quite a lot of medals, and half of them are gold. We've got their first gold in track was in 2000. It was the women's 4x100 meter relay team. Pauline Davis Thompson was one of the members on that team. And she also would win gold in the 200 meter event at the same Olympics though that was a retroactive gold medal. I don't know if you remember this, but Marion Jones and a doping scandal got disqualified and had to uh, give up the medal. Yeah, I remember that. Um, I wonder how uh, Davis Thompson feels. It's got to be weird, you know, because it's like, okay, gold medal's an accomplishment and feels really good, but odd Mm -hmm. getting it afterwards, you know? Yeah, and it's weird because she was disqualified, gave up the medal, and this was the same... uh, the other athletes involved in the same scandal was like, you know, Barry Bonds, and it was like the Balco scandal. So, uh, you know, you know, his records are still standing, and it's a tricky situation. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm glad I don't have to navigate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're not poking that one with a 50 foot pole. <laughs> as far as track goes nowadays, since 2012, every medal that the Bahamas has won at the Olympics has come in the 400 meter event, be that individual or relay. So Steven Gardner, he won the gold in 2020 at the event. Uh, Shawnee Miller Weibo won in the women's 400 meter in 2020, as well as in 2016. That's such a specific distance, 400 meters. And for some reason, the Bahamas is just really good at that one. Yeah, I would. I'm sure there is a reason, but I would love to. It's got to be something arbitrary, just like, you know, that's just one that people take pride in running or something like that. But I I, I would love to know why. And, yeah. th- and if there's not a reason, that's fine. But it, just, mm-hmm. it is odd that they have had so much success in that particular uh, length. I know for me, like 
400 meters I did track in high school and that's what I ran. I wasn't quite fast enough to run, you know, 100 meters. I could do 200 okay, but then I didn't have the stamina to keep up the pace for like a mile. So it was like the sweet spot for me. I don't know, but at, at that level, like the Olympic level, these guys could run any distance pretty fast. Yeah, yeah, true. We mentioned Thomas Robinson Stadium. It's like the national stadium for soccer. It's where the Bahamas Bowl is. Uh, Thomas Robinson, he was also a sprinter back in the 50s and 60s. He never won an Olympic medal, but he won gold at the Commonwealth Games. Yeah, I think the last thing, we didn't really have a spot to mention tennis in here, but Mark Knowles was a uh, number one ranked tennis player in doubles tennis. His partner, I think, was Canadian. But he won multiple Grand Slams in doubles tennis. Uh, that's really it. Yeah, I guess Bahamas are baseball, basketball, sprinting. Yeah. I think that's a good way to put it. They don't really have the the national, like domestic leagues very big, but they have athletes participating abroad that are first overall picks in basketball, potentially the best women's basketball player in the world, even though she doesn't represent the Bahamas, an all-star in baseball. You know, you're not the biggest country. You're not going to have, you know, dominant national teams, but athletes competing at high levels in team sports and then your individual athletes in sprinting eight gold medals well i mean if you you think about you know we we talked about molly and the size of molly in comparison to the bahamas and they have no medals if i remember correctly correct and they have 21 million people yeah so and bahamas doesn't even have half a million yeah you're making a huge splash for your population yeah, it does put things in perspective when you put it like that. Yeah, the Bahamas is quite small, so punching way above their weight in that regard. I think we'll we'll leave it with that. David, I'll pass it over to you. Do you want to do a preview for next week's episode as we do a spinoff? I'd say just uh, here's a little hint. It's a very big sport to most of the world, and it's not it's not it's not football. Uh, it's not associated football. So you know what could it be? What 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 sport rivals football in terms of popularity? Who knows? And then after that, we're taking a trip to Africa. Back to Africa. Yes, back to Africa. Our second stop in Africa. And it'll be one of the nations that plays the sport in question that we'll be covering next week. Yeah, so get your thinking caps on. Try to figure out the episode ahead of time. Yeah, uh, thank you for listening. Tune in next week. Tune in every week. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye.